Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So if after what happened yesterday, kids, kids, young kids, murdered, killed, after that, your first instinct there was to, again, try to flip this into a political script to try to score a few cheap political points. But, you know, may God help your soul. Uh, just another, this is happening a lot. There's, this is, that's, uh, th- th- that, that's not some conspiracy theory. These are hard shows to do, folks. Um, and it, it, they're even harder to do when we have to deal with, you know, grotesque politicians and commentators who, again, are, aren't really interested in fixes seeing what's going on or diagnosing problems, but are really just interested in uh, uh, cheap political victories to stay in power. It's, 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 it's a grotesque symptom of modern times. Really disgusting. I got a lot to get to today. It's a pretty busy show. Let's get right into it. So today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You don't like big tech and government spying on you? Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Get right to it. I've got some coverage in that. Um, what happened yesterday is is I'm out of adjectives to describe it. I'm out of adjectives to describe it. I'm also going to try to do what uh, people in the media refuse to do, which is again try to prevent uh, what happened from happening again by giving you data and research the Secret Service put together, which we do all the time. And then Joe said to me before the show, "You think people are paying attention to that?" I said, "Um, no, because we only talk about it every time there's one of these incidents, and nothing seems to happen." We'll get to that. I've also got election updates from last night. It was a uh, uh, sadly, tragically busy news day yesterday for a number of reasons. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe. Let's go. Yeah, here we go, yeah. man. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, here we go. That's right. Here we go. I mean, uh, folks, we're having these, we're doing these stories all too much. Now, um, again, let me just repeat, people seeking to attack civil liberties um, and innocent people who had nothing to do with this at all using the deaths of children, you've, you've failed at life. You failed at life. If there was a score for life, you get an F today for doing that. We're going to focus on the problem here. We're going to focus on some fixes and we're going to focus on what happened. We're also going to focus on some of the people who've chosen to use this moment to divide us even further. Some of that division playing into the anger and rage into this country that continues to fester like a metastasizing cancerous rot. Here's first, folks. We discuss this every time there's one of these school shootings. There's research out there. I bring it up all the time. It's one of the most important studies you're ever going to read. And I'm thinking on my Fox show this weekend, I'm, I'm seriously considering doing a school safety special 
the entire hour on my Fox show Saturday night to help solve this problem with actual people with expertise in the matter. Uh, sociologists, psychologists, school safety officers, secret service agents, FBI, trauma management folks. I think that would be very helpful because I am candidly, I, I'm, I'm so distraught over this that we have to come on and talk about this, this stuff. What appears to be a couple times a year now, it's just, it's just astonishing. I mean, folks, it's not, I don't want to get off the track for the show because it's important, but the, 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 you know, to instantly jump to the gun did it approach, which is what happens always by political players on the left, not interested in solving the problem, you know, leaves out important facts in the matter. Like when Joe grew up and my friend who's my age grew up in Independence, Missouri, my friend Tim, I talk about all the time. You know, they, he used to tell me how the kids in Independence all brought their, their pickups to school and had a, you know, a shotgun rack in the back of a truck with a shotgun. How, what, what, what guns, what happened? Yeah. What, 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 you remember that? What, what happened? Why weren't there mass school shootings back then? The guns were, the guns were right there. I mean, literally right there. Why, why, why? Why didn't that, why didn't that happen? There's something broken, man. I don't know if it's the kid. I, I, I can speculate. I mean, I, I have a background in psychology, which again, citing your education is usually the hallmark of an idiot. But in this case, it's relevant. Is it the break of interpersonal communication and the intervention of electronic devices and screens that have prevented normal social interaction and the normal socialization of children so they see this as acceptable as a means to vent their anger? I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it's hard, and it, it, what do you you can't do a, an actual experiment that's not a natural experiment. What are you going to do? You're going to expose a kid in a cell to nothing but screens and put another kid in a cell and let him talk to people. You can't do that. So it's hard to draw causal inferences. But folks, I think it's just looking at it through a rational, reasonable, common sense lens that you have an entire generation of kids who who. Sadly, many, not just one, see mass murder of children in schools as an alternative. And this never happened before. What changed in our society? Interpersonal relationships changed. The intervention of the screen changed. You know, I thank the Lord every day. And Joe, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I mean it. I thank the Lord that we grew up in a different time where you left the house in the summer at nine o'clock in the morning with a baseball bat and a glove over the handle over your shoulder on your bike, you know, with a quarter in your pocket for a quarter drink. And you came back, at, you know, for dinner, maybe at night and you just played all day with the kids. SpongeBob. We played SpongeBob yeah. all day. Yeah. It was a different world, Joe. I, I mean, it was just a different world. I was just thinking that this week I was leaning back, thinking mm -hmm. about the different world that we grew up in and how much yeah. I missed it. No, oh, we all miss it. It's I, I, That's why I, I, I brought you into it. I mean, you're a little bit older than me, but it was just a different place. You rode your bikes. You know, I, I mean, folks, I think about it all the time. I, I grew up playing war all the time. I had the Jaguamatic uh, cap pistol, shot caps. It never occurred to me like, oh, this is real. Like, I want to kill people. Like, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. was just what boys did. We all played war. I lived up in Liberty Park in Glendale on 64th place. I'd say my address, but I don't want anyone to go. It was 64th place. I lived there in, in Liberty Park. Up on, they call it up on the hill. 
some people can figure out where the house was, right? That's where I lived growing up. We used to play war every weekend. Me, Andy, Vinny, Chaz, Chaz. Chaz was like, we always thought Chaz was a ninja growing up because he was the best at war. You'd like sneak around a corner, Chaz would be hiding in a tree. Boom, guy. But nobody ever thought, my gosh, this would be cool to do in real life. Nobody thought that. Maybe this was a natural venting for kids, for boys who have, you know, when they're growing up, they, they're, they're aggressive kids. And so, they, so, so maybe they exercise that aggression through play, understanding that it's not real. No one ever mistook it. No one wanted a real grenade. Hey, this would be great if this was a real grenade so I could throw it. Jake, nobody thought that. But that's not what happens anymore. That's not what happens anymore. And, I, and, and if I may speculate, and I'm, I'm granted, it's speculation. But you know, when you said bang with your Jaguamatic and Chaz or Andy pretended he was there, oh, you got me. Uh, you knew he was waking up afterwards. Like it, it was fake. Oh, good, Andy. And then you went out and you, well, we went to Tommy's Deli on the corner. We get an onion bagel and a quarter drink. But, you know, you got these kids now immersed in screens all day. And I'm not blaming video games, okay? Let's not use simplistic approaches. No one knows if it's violent kids who seek out violent video games or violent video games create violent kids. Nobody knows that. No know the direction. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it either. Let's not play naive and dumb. Now you got kids all day who don't have that. You know, they sit there, a lot of them play these violent games and watch violent films and sit there watching porn all day with men doing horrible things to women. And you realize that because this is happening on the screen, there is no Chaz getting up afterwards and patting you on the back going, ah, oh, you got me, good game of war, whatever. They don't see that. The video game and the violent movie and the porn, the people who are dead, they stay dead. At least in the movies and the video games. That ever occurred to you like a young kid, how the brain may process all this differently? You see, the left doesn't want to talk about any of that. Because the left doesn't want to talk about the culture rot. Because the left has played a role in the culture rot. Oh, you're going to say that? Yes. Yes, I am. The constant war on religion. Church communities where, Joe, I know you growing up, people did things through the church. The church was the centerpiece of the community. Yep. There were, there were student groups. There was after hours things. There was donuts and coffee after church. We still do it in my neighborhood. They don't do that anymore. Every kid wants to go home and get on Twitter or, you know, sit in the basement watching some anime or something. The left did that. That was the left's idea to dismantle and attack the church. It was the left's idea to attach children from the father. You know, I read a, a observational study one time. I'm always fascinated by psychology. I read an observational study one time about how children need their fathers around because obviously you need your fathers because men and women love their kids different, not better, not worse, but a mom and a father love differently. And one of the things about fathers that was in this observational study is they roughhouse. Joe, you did it with little Joe. Absolutely. I did it with my daughters. I used to throw my daughter up in the air, Isabel. I mean, she loved it. She, I throw, I mean, I'd throw her like five, six feet in the air. Ah, my other kid hated it. 
I did it one time. She almost cried. I was like, oh my gosh, I did this with your sister. She loved it. But father's roughhouse with boys and girls. And it teaches the boys and the girls at a young age with the dad who they know love them. They know it. That physicality doesn't always mean violence. It was a profound, it really changed a lot for me. And yet you've got this, not Democrat war, I'm not going to go there, but radical leftist war on the family and church, which are a bedrock of values. And teaching kids how to socialize into a human community properly and you attacked it and ripped it to pieces and you wonder why we've got a generation of young boys who don't understand the penalties of excess physicality to the point of murder? You've got an entire generation of young men and women growing up without dads. Maybe, you know, there's a diathesis stress nature-nurture argument that continues in psychology to this day. How much of psychopathology is related to nature, genetics, or the nurturing process having failed? That debate still goes on to this day. But I can tell you one bedrock of it. While you'll never get a conclusive answer, because you can't do causal studies. Again, you can't cause a kid trauma and say, hey, is he going to grow up okay? And then cause a kid. It's, it's obviously unethical. But one of the things we know from these diathesis stress models and, 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 and uh, nature nurture models out there is that if, if, if there is a proclivity genetically for some of these kids to engage in psychopathological behavior like we saw yesterday, we can conclusively state that a poor nurturing environment, a poor nurturing environment will only help that process along. And make that person more dangerous. There is no doubt about that. Where's that conversation? The left doesn't want to talk about any of that. And that's why I'm telling you, you have not seen the end of this. You know, Guy came in this morning and we're looking at each other like. He said, he said, he said to me, uh, I hope you're okay with me sharing. So I'm not, you just cut it. But he, he said this morning, he's like, you know, I used to be kind of immune to this stuff, covering it for a living. He said, but he's like, nah, I just can't take it anymore. I, I'm t- I said, I feel the same way. I just, I'm sure Joe and Justin and Jim and Mike and everybody on my show feels the same way. It's just, it's just this fire hose of, of suck that just keeps coming in. You know, and, and then it instantly turns to political debates to the left, to my, to, to, if, for a moment. Let's put aside the, the insults. I'm guilty of it too. I get that. But let's put that aside for a second. I just wish you would listen to me on this. The country has moved on from you attacking them every time there's a school shooting. They've moved on and then using it, trying to garner support for taking away their right to defend themselves. The country's moved on. I wish you would listen. It's not there. You can keep trying. You can try to insult us into it. You guys are killers. Blood on your hands. We see it. It's, it's so old. We're almost immune to it. When you guys agree, like we just, right now, today's more, I saw Seth MacFarlane, Ruben Gallegos, a bunch of leftists just attacking conservatives as if you murdered someone. We, it almost just like rolls off now because we're so used to it. But I wish for a moment you'd put aside your hatred of us. I mean, it is hatred. It's hatred. And I wish you'd just listen to me because there are potential fixes. There's not a solution. 
Violence has plagued the human heart since the beginning of time. But there are fixes out there which would make these things far less likely to happen. This is what I did for a living, folks. No one suggests there's a solution to presidential assassinations. Like, oh, if we just do this, there'll never be an assassination. That's not what the Secret Service does. What they do is they understand people are looking to kill political leaders all the time. And we institute measures and perfect them each and every time after mistakes we made in the past to make sure the likelihood of that happening is almost to zero. We could do that here. But that's not what you want to talk about. Did you notice, however, uh, this is interesting. I brought this point up before. And I want to bring it up again. When it's the politicians' own lives on the line, like the President of the United States, did you notice when this kind of stuff happens, nobody says, hey, listen, um, we're going to dump the Secret Service security measures and we're just going to focus on gun control. Why does nobody do that? If gun control was a solution to targeted violence and it affected your life and you were the president, then why not just say, listen, we're wasting a billion dollars a year in the Secret Service. Let's just do a gun ban and the president will be safe. They don't do it because they know it's nonsense. And they'd be in danger. But why is it any different for the schools? You know full well, full well, that gun control has never worked. It's not even a thing. Guns have never been controlled. Oh, Australia. There's more guns now in Australia. Look it up than there were before the gun control. Look that up yourself. Gun control's a myth. The guns are out. They're not going anywhere. They last for hundreds of years. There are muskets from the Revolutionary War that are still around that I got news for you could probably still fire. They're not going anywhere. So why do you not propose that for your own security solution? The president of the United States, dump the Secret Service gun control. But when it comes to little kids, you're like, no, 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 we're just going to do gun control. And then what happens? Nothing that would actually reduce the likelihood of this happening gets done. Because you've got Seth MacFarlane and others out there focused on this blood feud with conservatives where they just can't stop. Have you heard yourselves this morning? I'm telling you as a favorite of the country, the country's not there. You live, you don't have to live here. You can live somewhere else, but this country respects the right of each individual who's broken no law to be able to defend themselves. If you don't like that, fine, but that's not this place. And you calling us murderers and thugs and, and killers and rapists and hard, every awful fascist Nazis. You're not changing a single freaking mind. Do you understand that? Not one. There is not a mind you are going to change doing that. You could, however, change a lot of minds if you would have come out last night and said, you know what? There's a right side of the argument and a left side of the argument. Obviously, we're butting heads. It's not moving forward. Let's focus on actual fixes, just like the president would. God forbid his life was at stake. And we found out there was some kind of threat. The Secret Service wouldn't start talking about gun control. They'd start talking about how to mitigate the threat. I'm going to do that now. So here's what I got coming up. I've got a, I got a lot more for you. It was the longest unintended... Um, the open I've ever had. I didn't really think I was going down that road. First, uh, I'm going to focus on what the research says. The Secret Service has an exhaustive report from the National Threat Assessment Center that they did on targeted violence. 
I'm going to go through some of the things they found. Why? Because if they found them, you can find them too if you see them again. There are warning signs here. And I'm going to go through some fixes. And then the sad political attacks that have to be addressed. I wish they did. All right, let's take a break. Appreciate your patience. We've got sponsors today, paid to be part of the show. Our friends at Omaha Steaks, you've heard me talk about Omaha Steaks for a while now, folks. But here's a little tip for you coming into Father's Day. Dads want steaks, and there isn't a better gift than steaks from Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com. It's one of my favorite sites to get my food from. Type Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, in that search bar at omahasteaks.com and order the Dads Want Steaks package. The food's delicious, and for just $99, this limited-time package includes 16 mouth-watering entrees Dad's guaranteed to love, like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, and their air-chilled, boneless chicken breasts. And for a sweet finish, delicious caramel apple tartlets. It's Amelia's favorite there. You know, I love Omaha Steaks. I talk about it all the time. I've been a customer of them for a really long time, and as a special gift for my listeners... When you type Bongino in the search bar in order the Dad's Want Steaks package, you'll also get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. These burgers are full of bold, beefy flavor, and they're even bigger now. Don't wait. Send Dad more than just a gift. Send him an experience he'll love. Go to omahasteaks.com and type Bongino in the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees, four desserts. It's a great deal. Plus eight free Omaha Steaks burgers, which are really terrific. Trust me, these are the best steaks and burgers you're going to eat. Shipped right to your door. I just got mine. I'm ready. That's omahasteaks.com. Enter keyword Bongino. Omahasteaks.com. Enter keyword Bongino. Check it out. Okay. Let's get back to some actual research here. Free of partisan hysteria in light of this just unimaginable tragedy. Kids, folks. Kids. We all need to keep that in mind. I don't care what your political leanings are. These were Kids wouldn't make it any different if they were adults, but these were kids. Survivors' brains, these kids are going to be changed forever. The ones who lived are going to be different forever. What does the research actually say on this? Well, you know, I'm proud to have worked in this place. And one of the things the Secret Service figured out a long time ago was that targeted violence, and I want to be clear what targeted violence means. It's pretty simple. You have random violence, right? You know, uh, you want to rob someone in the street. You see some guy coming down the street. He looks like a victim to you. You rob him. Things break bad. He fights back. You shoot him. It's random. You didn't know the guy. It wasn't targeted at him. You just wanted to rob someone. Targeted violence is not random. It's very specific. Political assassinations, domestic incidents, school shootings where they specifically target a school. Folks, the Secret Service was the perfect entity to analyze school violence because targeted violence, where the victims are picked out in advance, whether it's an assassination, a school shooting, or domestic violence, they all have a lot in common. Not everything, but a lot in common. So the Secret Service, along with the National Threat Assessment Center, otherwise known as NTAC, obviously, uh, they put together an, a pretty exhaustive research report called Averting Targeted School Violence, a U.S. Secret Service analysis of plot against schools. It was updated in March of 2021. This has been ongoing for a long time. This started when I was in the Secret Service, and I was there a long time ago. The link, this is very important. I know I'm going to get a lot of questions on this. The link is in my show notes today. 
you'd like to get the show notes, I'll say it twice. It's Bongino.com slash newsletter. That's Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O.com slash newsletter. It'll say sign up here. It'll be in the show notes, the uh, attached, the, the newsletter. It's the same thing. Show notes, newsletter, the exact same thing. It'll be there today. It'll say the Secret Service report covered in the show today or a Secret Service report on school violence. You can click on the link. I strongly, strongly recommend you print it. Give it to your schools if they don't have it. Keep it in and give it to anyone who will listen. I can't go through the whole thing. It's, it's not that long, but it's pretty exhaustive. And needless to say, the research was pretty good. They looked at a number of various school attacks and plots. And they, they, wanted to, they came to some conclusions here. And one of them is obviously prevention and early intervention are paramount, they note. They analyzed uh, 67 averted school attack plots contained in the report and demonstrated there are always intervention points available before a student's behavior escalates to violence. Students who plotted school attacks shared many similarities with students who perpetrated school attacks. Here's what they found. Number one, the students who were involved in either stopped school attacks or school attacks, sadly, that they went through it, had a history of school discipline and contact with law enforcement. In other words, folks, again, people knew that the student was a problem. It almost never happens with students who were just model students the whole time. Now, they still have constitutional rights. It doesn't mean if you're a discipline problem, you're going to become a school shooter. But again, it is a sign. It is what we would call a data point, a piece of evidence that may be able to highlight some attention on someone, maybe some mental health mitigation or something beforehand. These things shouldn't be ignored. You're not crying wolf. Let me bring up one point on that too, and I'll get to it uh, in, in a bit later. I've got so much to cover today. My friend Jeff James, who I'm going to try to get on the radio show later, he's a former colleague of mine in the Secret Service, is an, an, a literal expert on this. This is what he does. This is all he does now is school shootings. He pointed out a statistic to me. 81% of the time, at least one person knew in advance that this school shooting was going to happen. 60% of the time, one or more people knew. That's where this had histories before this comes up. Second, this is important related to this case in, uh, in Texas. That the student experienced bullying or had mental health issues frequently involving depression and suicidality. Okay, well, what can we do about that? I'll get to in a minute how this student was, says he, they say he was bullied too. Folks, we got to talk to our kids. It is our job as parents. It is our job as parents. And I don't say, listen, I have made enormous amounts of mistakes as a parent. I don't say this in some professorial, look at me, holier than that way. I am not a lecturer or a preacher. It is my job too. But it is our job on days like today to be talking to our kids about bullying. I'm not suggesting your kids are involved in it. But you know what? They know someone else who probably is and they could probably stop it. These kids who have serious mental health issues get bullied at school and many, not all, but many of them, turn into homicidal maniacs. Here, another point takeaway from the Secret Service study. Intended or committed suicide as part of the school attack. They, just, they didn't intend to live through it, meaning there was no egress plan, there's no getaway car. This is it. 
They learned many of them had used drugs or alcohol. Again, as parents, these are conversations. This I know I've done a thousand times. If we're not having this conversation with our kids about drugs and alcohol, you know, we don't need commercials. This is your brain on drugs. I'm sure those things were great. I remembered them. But the hard reality is it needs to come from you. What are these drugs? What do they do? You know what I do? And you may not like it. And that's okay. I show my daughter pictures of meth heads. Every time there's a drug overdose, like happened down here in Florida with those uh, military academy graduates. I made my daughter read that. A couple times. Said, this is what happens when you take a fentanyl pill you think is an oxycodone. You know what happens? You get dead or you almost get dead. Also, don't worry about this other little be a snitch. If your kid knows something about drugs in that school, then they damn well better say something. These are all things we can do. These are things we can do to stop this. These aren't talking points. This is real fact-based data points. A lot of the students involved in these shootings had been impacted by adverse childhood experiences, including substance abuse in the home, violence or abuse, parental incarceration, or parental mental health issues. That goes without saying. Obviously, if we know about any child abuse, we should report it. We have a job with these kids. A lot of these kids were destroyed by what happened in the home themselves. Folks, those are real things. That's just a small snippet of the report, by the way. The report is exhaustive. It's easy to read. It is in my newsletter today. Print it. Read it. Own it. And give it to anyone who will listen. These are all things we can do. Not just talk about and give speeches about. Try to get votes for the next gun control passage. It's just unbelievable. The time we waste on this stuff. Let me get to one more thing. And then I want to get to uh, and take a quick break on this. Uh, folks, the Daily Mail story. Told you about the bullying in the Secret Service report, right? Daily Mail headline. Be in the newsletter today, too. Texas school shooter Salvador Ramos was bullied at school because of the clothes he wore and because his family was poor, former classmate says. This is unforgivable. Unforgivable. They note in the piece that after he uh, graduated from school, the friend said that he became even more distant and they would only occasionally message each other on Xbox. Four days prior to Tuesday's shooting, Ramos... Wait, hold on before I read this. What did the Secret Service report say? Law enforcement, friends and them knew 81% of the time, at least one person knew or suspected something was up. Now listen to this in the Daily Mail. Four days prior to Tuesday's shooting, Ramos reportedly sent his friend a picture of the AR rifle he bought in a backpack full of 5.56 rounds. He probably had like seven magazines, a friend said. And I was like, bro, why do you have this? And Ramos was like, don't worry about it. It's just the warning signs, folks, are everywhere. All right, I've got a lot more to get to. Um, sadly, and I, I mean, beyond sadly, I mean tragically for the country, the political attacks started immediately. As I've said many times, they used to wait a couple days, um, then a couple hours, then a couple minutes. No, not now, not now, now. Now you have people on the left every single time who 
take these tragic opportunities and use them as an opportunity to advance some perverse political narrative to attack you as if you murdered someone. It is one of the most disgusting, disgusting uh, pieces of evidence that our culture is uh, just rotted, almost, almost beyond repair at this point. Sad. All right, let me take a break, and I got some uh, video next of a CNN guest. Just I, I don't even know what she was talking about, just going off with this thing. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So, again, tragically, the political attacks began not days, um, not hours, um, not even minutes. In the case of CNN, it happened as this was actually still, the reporting was still breaking. Here was a guest on CNN uh, yesterday, bizarrely, turning this just unimaginable, don't have the words tragedy, kids, kids, talking about kids. Murdered, cold blood. And the guest turns it into an immigration segment. This is what this is what passes for commentary on some of these networks. Check this out. From a fi- investigation standpoint, I'm going to do what the facts uh, tell me now. So I've got demographics, first of all, an 80 percent Hispanic school district. So the most important thing for the federal government to do right now is to say there will be no immigration enforcement during this period in that er- area. It is it has a large immigration population. You want parents with their kids. You don't want people hiding right now. And we need to make that clear ASAP because of the political issues in Texas. He's watching it. He goes, holy. It's it. So something grotesquely illegal just happened. And your solution to that is let's create a more dangerous environment by sending a message that we're not going to enforce illegality at the border either. I'm just going to, again, I just want you to see what happens out there. When again, you don't focus on fixes, problems and solutions. And you focus on, gosh, what's a good political argument? Well, we really want open borders. Let's tie murdered children to an argument about not enforcing immigration laws. The cult of the current thing is right. Now, I'm not sure who else is going to pick up on on this, uh, but it... uh, so after that, last night, Joe Biden decided to give a speech and, and only the way Joe Biden can. He always it's just a remarkable skill this guy has to take in, again, unspeakable, indescribable tragedy where words don't do the tragedy. Don't don't do, can't describe it in the modern English language. Right. Kids dead. And he magically manages to make the situation a thousand times worse. I have never ever in my life seen incompetence in basic leadership than this guy we have in the White House, who just minutes into a speech about this, instead of unifying, having a sister soldier moment as a nation like Bill Clinton once did, 
trying to reach out to people and suggesting ways to stop this. Amazingly, Joe Biden takes the opportunity to disgracefully attack the gun lobby? I wasn't aware that the gun lobby murdered kids in Uvalde, Texas. I wasn't aware of that. What did the gun lobby have to do with any of this? The answer is nothing. But because Joe Biden is a corrupt, grotesque human being with a lifetime of lying, with a lifetime of malfeasance and misfeasance in public office, and with a lifetime of zero character, he takes this opportunity dead kids to start talking about the gun lobby as if they killed people. Listen to this. So tonight, I ask the nation to pray for them. Give the parents and siblings the strength in the darkness they feel right now. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done. The gun lobby, group of organizations that fight for people's rights to defend themselves against this kind of stuff. You think he doesn't? So the gun lobby, who's the gun lobby, as he calls them, you know, Second Amendment self-protection rights advocates who advocate for people's rights to defend themselves against mass murderers are somehow at fault for a mass murderer they want to defend themselves against. And then that, that makes sense to you? Of course it doesn't make sense. Joe Biden knows it doesn't make sense, but Joe Biden really genuinely doesn't care. If you want to look at an example of someone who has completely broken and failed at life, who has managed to fail up at every opportunity, you just saw it. Listen, folks. I'm going to say this. I've said it before on shows, and I want you to take this to heart. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You should mourn. You can mourn. You should pray. You should pray. It can hurt. I know a lot of us are imagining this crime in our heads, what these kids were feeling. It's hard to get out of here. I know. I understand. I do the same thing. But you didn't do this. You did nothing wrong. Many of you are firearm owners because you fear this happening to your kids. And you want to be able to stand the chance. You didn't do this. And the fact that Joe Biden, through a wink and a nod, has decided to attack everyone but the actual problem, our culture rot, says everything you need to know about why people just gaffed them off. I'll say again, I said in the beginning, to the Seth McFarlands, the Ruben Gallegos, and the Joe Bidens of the world, conservatives are a tough group of people. They are in a national state of mourning right now. Actual mourning. And everyone I've talked to is beyond horrified imagining what would have happened if this was their kids and what those kids that died went through. Everyone. For you to attack us as if we did this a day later is it's just so... So beyond the pale of grotesque, again, I'm, I'm, I'm out of proper words to describe my disgust for you. And if you really believe you're convincing one person out there of your position, your position being we're the murderers and we're the ones who should be sanctioned, then you're dumber than you look.
Of course, it got worse. It wasn't just Joe Biden. You had basketball coaches commenting last night. Yeah, basketball coaches. That's right. Basketball coaches who have a history of cowardice, by the way, calling out the Chinese Communist Party, which actually kills and murders people every day. But we'll get to that in a second. Here's Steve Kerr, a basketball coach, who, yes, uh, his expertise may be coaching the Golden State Warriors. What he knows about legislation, of course, is always questionable because it's weird. Whenever he doesn't need to make a, uh, a an ideological point, he always says, well, you know, that's something I need to read up on when he doesn't want to condemn, say, the Chinese Communist Party. Yet when it comes to gun control and safeties of school, he'll opine on anything. Blaming Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. This is a basketball coach. Keep in mind, the guy coaches basketball basketball here check this out 50 senators in washington are going to hold us hostage do you realize that 90 percent of americans regardless of political party want background check universal background check 90 percent of us we are being held hostage by 50 senators in washington who refuse to even put it to a vote despite what we the american people want they won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power pathetic i've had enough yeah we've had enough of you too steve universal background checks had absolutely nothing to do with any of this nothing do you even read maybe it's something you should read about we'll get to that in a second keep that quote in your head universal background checks i've described on this show often are a tool of totalitarian regimes to keep a gun list of everybody who owns a gun so they can come and confiscate them later. Kind of like a Chinese Communist Party thing, the ones you cater to would do. Why? Think about it, folks. If you have a firearm you want to give to your father and he's not a prohibited possessor, or your son you want to pass down your whatever your shotgun on the, or your handgun on the ranch, you are perfectly allowed to do that. You don't have to give it to an FFL. Now, you can't give it to a prohibited possessor, someone prohibited from carrying firearms. But you can give it to a legal U.S. citizen who's obeyed the law, and you don't need to do that. So why would the government want you to background check your kid if you were giving him the gun? Why would they want that? Because, folks, what's bothered the totalitarians on the left and the real reason they want universal background checks, and this is a fact, by the way, this is not an opinion. This is a fact. I have heard this from strategists, let's say, with a few beers in them on overseas trips. It's because what they're afraid of is one day when they want to come get all the guns, they can go to your house, Joe, and say, hey, Joe, uh, that shotgun you bought 10 years ago? Yeah, we're going to need that. And what Joe says, ah, sorry, I don't have it. You know, I gave it to my kid or my nephew or something. They'll never know because there's no background check on that. There's no paperwork on it. They want universal background checks because they want a list of every transaction to make sure they can say, oh, really, Joe? Well, did you go through an FFL? Where's that paperwork? We're going to need to see that. They want a list, which they're prohibited from doing by law. They want a list of every gun owner, just like the Chinese Communist Party would that if they allowed that kind of stuff. They love their lists. Now, Steve Kerr is always, again, so brave, folks. So brave. Steve Kerr was asked about the NBA's catering to the Chinese Communist Party murderers who imprison Uyghurs, torture people, force sterilization, murder people whenever they want, lock them down in their apartments and starve them to death. You know, you think Steve would have a comment on that. He seems to pretend to know what he's talking about, about universal background checks. He's no idea. 
But it's really interesting. When you ask Steve Kerr, same guy, so brave, to comment on murderers in China and communism and authoritarianism, he doesn't seem to know too much. Maybe it's something I should read about. Maybe you should read about universal background checks too. Just a thought, Steve. Here, check this out. So what truths was Steve Kerr ready to speak to China? Well, none, it turns out. Not a single truth to the government of China. Choosing between freedom and fascism turns out to be a really confusing choice. Who knows what the right answer is? As Kerr pointed out, it's really above his pay grade. It's a really bizarre international story. And uh, a lot of us are, you know, don't know what to make of it. So um, it's, it's something I'm reading about and, uh, just like everybody is, but I'm not going to comment further. Yeah, not going to comment further. It's a bizarre international story. In other words, Steve Kerr is a phony. He's brave when the crowds applaud, but when money is at stake, he shuts up and obeys like the cowardly little corporate stooge that he is. It's hard to imagine how a man like that can look himself in the mirror at night. And yet he's not alone, hardly. There are countless Steve Kerrs in corporate America, all of them happy to sell out their country and lick the boots of their Chinese masters for pay. That was Tucker calling out the phony Steve Kerr a long time ago. Again, notice how Steve doesn't mention any actual fixes, any actual possible causes of these things, any indicators. He said there's zero interest to solve the problem, but there's a whole lot of interest in attacking Mitch McConnell and the Republicans as a basketball coach who oddly has no comment about the murderers in China. Who the Chinese Communist Party's murdered millions through the years. Kind of strange how he has no comment on that. Something he needs to read up on. Folks, it gets worse. Joe Biden in the later part of the speech, one of the most disgraceful speeches during a national tragedy I've ever heard, gets even worse. Not only does he attack you, people who want to defend themselves, and the gun lobby, which he strangely, strangely blames for a, this, this, this just horror in Texas. But he just made something up about the 1994 assault weapons ban. I mean, just made it up. He just lied to you. Now, of course, because the fact-checking regime of communists in the United States will do no actual work to fact-check anyone other than a conservative, uh, they've been noticeably absent on this, haven't seen much. But Joe Biden claimed something falsely about the assault weapons ban yesterday, too. And again, I'm wondering if Bill McCarthy is going to pick that up. I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering. He also said something else about this happening in other places. Let me get to that. And then um, I want to get to some fixes at the end. I'm, I'm not going to, folks, I'm not going to be able to get to too much election coverage. Let me just say quickly, uh, you know, in case you missed it, Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State race in Georgia, appears to have won over Jody Heist. It's a little bit disappointing for me. Brian Kemp uh, won uh, handily over David Perdue. The Cuellar Cisneros Democratic race is still kind of up in the air. Uh, that that's too close to call right now. That's an important race, though. It's a border town, even though it's a Democrat primary. Jake, uh, uh, excuse me, Boozman looks like he prevailed over Jake uh, Bacay over there. So um, there's a couple interesting things that went on. Sarah Huckabee Sanders pulled it out last night. Uh, Ken Paxton uh, pulled it out last night over George P. Bush. So I, I you you can get the election results. Just is just really important today. All right, let me get to my next uh, my next sponsor, and then we're gonna we're gonna end with something productive, some fixes for this. So, uh, again, incredibly later in the speech, he got, again, politics. Joe Biden couldn't stop himself. But it's not just him attacking us. It's him just boldly lying, boldly lying about the assault weapons ban 
And just nobody seemed to challenge him at all on the left. Here, I want you to listen to this. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common sense gun laws. We can and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. It's just stunning how he cites the efficacy of the 1994 assault weapons ban. Folks, that's not a real term, assault weapons. It's a leftist term to make everything sound scary. Having said that, he cites the efficacy of the 1994 assault weapons ban as if he, again, doesn't know the data. He knows the data. He's just an unrepentant liar. He's been his whole career. He doesn't have the, the, the character to tell you the truth. So what did the study on the assault weapons ban actually say? Biden says it worked great. Well, here's a Department of Justice funded study on the assault weapons ban. It's titled, this, by the way, this is linked in the newsletter if you want to read it yourself. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Send it to your liberal lawmakers to tell you how effective it was, the assault weapons ban. Updated assessment of the federal assault weapons ban impacts on gun markets and gun violence, 1994 to 2003. So they talk about reauthorization or expiration of the ban, right? And they note, should it be renewed, the ban's effects on gun violence are likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measure- measurement. Am I reading that right? Oh, it, it turns out I, I am reading that right. Assault weapons were rarely used in gun crimes even before the ban. Large capacity magazines are involved in a more substantial share of gun crimes, but it's not clear how often the outcomes of gun attacks depend on the ability of offenders to fire more than 10 shots without reloading. Folks, it's right there. They're likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement. It's right there, folks, in the report. It's right there. Now, do you see why when it comes to the Secret Service stopping a potential presidential attack, nobody talks about gun control and assault weapons bans because they don't want solutions that are, quote, small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement when the president's life's at stake. But your kids, yeah, let's just keep talking about this. Effects that are perhaps too small for reliable measurement. Let's not talk about things that can have a real effect like fencing, school safety officers. Let's talk about the other things that really don't matter. Here's another report on this from Fee. Studies find you. This will also be in the newsletter if you'd like to read it yourself. Because again, we do evidence on the show. Joe Biden and his uh, and his liberal buddies do nothing but lies. If you like to be lied to and you want your kids in danger to propose solutions that have a possibly too small effect to notice, you keep doing that. However, I'm going to focus on things that actually work. Fee studies find no evidence that assault weapons bans reduce homicide rates. You can just read it yourself, folks. I it, it, There it is, right there. Headline, studies find no evidence assault weapons bans reduce homicide rates. You keep continuing focusing on that. I'm going to try to protect the kids, and here's some of the things we can do. And I'm going to have again on my Fox show this week, and I've decided, we're going to do a school safety special. I don't care about ratings or any of that crap. I care about the importance of it. I Really, this is critical. I think I'm going to do the hour on solutions that actually work. And I'm going to get a bunch of real people in there who are serious, not a bunch of political goofballs. Here are some fixes. Folks, 
There are hundreds of thousands of retired police officers, millions of military folks with special training around the country that may not be young enough, like some people in Joe's family and, and, and you know mine, to go over and get into foot pursuits and things like that anymore. But they're not old enough that they can't be effective in a limited capacity in a school grounds as a school resource officer. There are hundreds of thousands of retired police officers who would gladly do that job. You know, it's strange how we can find money to shut the schools down and buy millions of gallons of alcohol containers and swabs and stuff, but we can't find the money to protect our kids' lives. Just weird, right? You're telling me there's not enough in a country of 330 million people, we can't find enough people with firearms training and skills, give them a refresher course, have them familiarize themselves with the school grounds to defend these places. You tell me that with a straight face. Fixes, folks, fixes. Should be an armed security officer at every single school in America. We have the human capital to do it. Let's use it. Man traps should be in every school. We got enough money to buy plexiglass borders, plexiglass borders for kids that do nothing to stop COVID. We can't put a man trap at the entrance. You know what a man trap is? You've seen them before. You got to get buzzed in a door and you get buzzed into a little lobby. And then the second door doesn't open until the first door closes. That way you can't let someone else in. And the second door doesn't open until they buzz it. So if you walk in that first door, with a firearm, you're stuck in the man trap. That's why it's called a man trap. They had one in my daughter's school. These are not expensive. They're certainly a lot cheaper than buying millions of dollars of plexiglass and thousands of gallons of PPE and bubble suits for kids at low risk of COVID. Man traps at every entrance. Every school should have one entrance. Can have a bunch of emergency exits, but they should be crass bars that are only accessible from the inside. One entrance. Many exits. One entrance. A lot of exits. One entrance. Exits should be manned if they can. If not, they should be alarmed. That way, if someone tries to open it and let someone in, people will know. Can also do something I used to do in my prior line of work while with securing sites for the present. You can make big things small. Well, Dan, we can't secure a whole school. We don't have the people. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to. I never secured a whole school for the president either. You'd sweep it, make sure there were no bombs. But if you have a school with a gymnasium and a cafeteria, and the students are primarily most of the day in one specific wing, and I've got news for you. If someone gets in the school and is in the cafeteria or the gym, and you had a bunch of roll-down gates that prevented that person from getting into the student areas, they can sit there all they want with their gun, but the bottom line is there's nobody to shoot. Thank the Lord. Because they can't get anywhere. You make a big school small very fast by cordoning it off into zones. Pull-down gates, folks. Can't get any cheaper. They're not pretty. They're not cute. But this isn't a vacation. It's saving our kids' lives. The kids are here and some shooters here and you can pull down a gate they can't get through and the kids lock the doors to the classroom and folks, it gives the cops uh, and the responding officers a place to go and no victims. Make big things small. I used to do it all the time. They asked me once in a Caterpillar factory in Youngstown, Ohio, 
How are you going to secure this thing for Obama? I was the site agent. I may have been the lead for that one. I'm not sure, but it doesn't really matter. I said, I don't have to secure the whole factory. I just have to secure where Obama's going. So I put a bunch of steel crates everywhere and created a house within a house and just put a couple agents on the outside to watch. You don't have to secure everything. You just have to secure where your protectees are. In this case, the kids. A couple more things. You got to practice with these kids, folks. I know it may be traumatic. It really sucks we live in a world where we got to teach our kids what to do in an active shooter scenario. It's horrible. But what's the alternative? We don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallible world full of sinners and danger and evil. And you better damn well teach your kids what to do. One of the, in the last, uh, one of the last active shooter incidents, one of the, 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 the shooter knocked on the door and said he was a deputy trying to get the students to open the door. The kids need to be trained. They should have some kind of safe word. Some kind of safe word the teachers know and tell the students they talk too much. Some kind of safe word so they know it's an actual deputy. Those kids didn't open the door. You got to train. Where do you go? Where do you get out? Remember what my buddy Jeff James, who was on my Fox show this weekend, said about these active shooter scenarios. People, students, everyone have a tendency to want to leave a building in a panic situation like that the way they came in. Even if there's an exit right behind them, teach the kids the closest exit. It may not be the entrance to the school if they got to run. Lock the doors, folks. This is simple. They have to train. Lock the doors immediately. You may say, well, they can shoot through the door. They can, but that doesn't happen a lot. We're just trying to stop the carnage. They'll, chances are they'll probably move on to a door that's unlocked. I'll take every chance I get. Just lock the door. Door chocks. Door chocks, a, a wooden door chock or a steel door chock. Well, usually wood, they're better. Will cost you a nickel or a quarter. You can cut them up yourself. You should chock those doors immediately. That way, if the door lock's broken or you try to kick it through, the door chock will prevent the door from opening. Cameras. Every school should have surveillance cameras. It's cheap, folks. I did my whole house. I don't have a huge house, but the whole house cost me less than $10,000. It's a lot of money for residents. It's not a lot of money for a school district. It's no excuse for not having high-end cameras. Fencing. Should be good quality fencing around the schools. Quality fencing. Not four feet high chain link. That's nothing. You can, you can hurdle that. Fencing. Curved to the outside so it's hard to climb over. And finally, blueprints. The police department should have blueprints of the school. I know most of them do now, but if they don't, you should be asking your police department, do you want these? Why? So when the police department shows up with the TAC team, they have a layout of the blueprints of the school right away. They know exactly where to go. These are all fixes. These aren't talking points. This isn't partisan garbage. These are our kids. All right, I, gotta, I had enough today. I'm sure you had too, but please spread this show around and spread those links around. It's been a tough day, folks. Thanks for hanging in with us. We appreciate it. I'll see you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.